let's do that for a few more moments. Let's give God a shout of praise. Come on, he supplies all of our needs according to his riches in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah, there's nobody like you, Jesus. Let's clap our hands and shout with a voice of triumph unto Jesus. It feels good in the house of the Lord here tonight. How many is excited to be in church? Amen. There's no place I'd rather be than in the house of God and to be with God's people here on a Wednesday night. Amen. If we could turn open in our Bibles the book of Exodus chapter two, chapter 12 and verse number 3. As you're turning there, I want to say a few things. First, I want to say uh, what a wonderful time we had on Sunday. The presence of God moved in. Amen. Thankful for that. And then uh, the Miranda family made some pozole. If you didn't get it, you missed out. It was incredible. And uh, we're looking forward to doing more of those things. But I want to give honor to them for making it, for my wife for putting it together. And uh, we're trying to do that at least once a month and have food and fellowship because I believe that's apostolic. Amen. How many loves to eat? Amen. I love to eat. And, you know, there's nothing like eating and talking to people that love God. Amen. And uh, so grateful to have Jack's back in the house of the Lord with us. And uh, in Jesus' name. Also, I want to say a special thank you. This is sometimes the unsung heroes. We are currently working on getting our live stream better, and we're working through some glitches, but I want to thank Brother Worley and Brother Brinson Worley for making it happen and just putting it together and doing all the technical work and uh, the legwork. And then also, uh, I saw him doing it today, and, and uh, we haven't really said much about it, but Brother Bradley Dixon, he was in the back room vacuuming before service, and he... He doesn't get a lot of shout-out, but I want to say thank you to the Dixon family. Uh, they, they put together our cleaning department, and uh, we're getting ready here in the next couple weeks. We're going to have an all-church cleaning, so they don't have as much work to do every single week. And also, if you have a burden, you want to do something for the Lord, uh, they, they need a few more folks to help clean. And so uh, if you feel like that's something you can do or you're gifted at or, man, you want to learn how to do it, talk to Brother or Sister Dixon and help him out with that in Jesus' name. Amen. How many is ready for church? Amen. Exodus chapter 12 and verse number 3. I feel like I have a word from God for us here tonight. And I've been trying to do my best on Wednesday nights uh, to just preach what God's been laying on my heart and uh, something that He wants to bring to this congregation. And so we're going to go right into the word of the Lord. Exodus chapter 12 and verse number 3. The Bible says, Speak ye unto all the children, all the congregation of Israel, saying, in the tenth day of this month, they shall take to them, to them every man a lamb, according to the house of their fathers, a lamb for a house, a lamb for a house. And if the household be too little for the lamb, let him and his neighbor next unto his house take it according to the number of the souls, every man according to his eating shall make your count for the lamb. Or, if I could put it in these terms, don't waste the lamb. Make sure the lamb's sacrifice counts. The Bible says, if the household be too little for the lamb, let him and his neighbor next unto him take the lamb. And if I could put it in my own words, Share the lamb with your neighbor. And I want to preach to us for a few moments on that subject, sharing the lamb. Sharing the lamb. Would you set down your Bibles as we pray all across this building? I believe that tonight's going to be one of those services that we mark down in our hearts. Amen. God, I'm praying you've already been bringing revival. You've already been filling our church and helping us. And God, I pray here tonight that this word would strike every mind. God, that it would be more than just preaching and communication, but God, that it would connect with every mind, with every heart. Come on, somebody, let's pray in the house of the Lord. God, we, we want that burden from the heavens to hit us here tonight. 
Hallelujah, as we get ready for this weekend, as we celebrate, amen, the sacrifice of the Lamb of God, I pray that today that this word would minister to each and every heart and to every family in the wonderful name of Jesus, amen. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, I'm going to share the Lamb, amen. You may be seated in the house of the Lord. Sharing the Lamb the Bible lets us know that God is looking to deliver Israel from the bondage of Egyptian captivity. God is looking to set them free. And the reason God is looking to set them free is so that they can go out and worship the Lord. God wants to free his people so they are not bound up any longer. So they have the ability to lift their hands in worship, to clap their hands in praise, to lift up their voice, to do sacrifice unto the Lord their God. Amen. The Lord is doing whatever it takes to save worshipers. Amen. If you are wondering why you are in the house of the Lord here today, I want to help you understand it that you and I have been set free because God is freeing worshipers. I wish somebody would give him praise here today. You were not saved, and I was not saved to sit and warm a seat, amen, and to warm a chair in a church. But when God saved me, he saved me because, because I had breath in my body. He said, let everything that has breath Praise the Lord. When God saved us, he saved us with the sole purpose. The Father seeketh such to worship him. Somebody give him praise. Some people think they got saved because they were the prettiest. You might have been the prettiest. The rest of us weren't. Some people think they got saved because they were the smartest. Uh, maybe you were the smartest, but the rest of us weren't. Amen. Uh, there's a lot of people that they think God saved them based on some quality that they had. But the truth is, God saved us not based on how good we were. Amen. Because if God was basing our salvation off of our goodness, none of us would be saved. Uh, but when God came looking for somebody to save, uh, he came looking for somebody that would give him worth Worship, and they would be able to praise and say, had it not been for the Lord, I would not be here today. Oh, somebody ought to give him praise here tonight. Does anybody got a testimony? I've got a praise on my lips here tonight because if it had not been for Jesus, I would not be here. Had it not been for Jesus, I would not be able to lift up my hands. Had it not been for Jesus, I'd still be addicted to drugs. Had it not been for Jesus, I got a praise on my lips. You know why? Because I got a testimony that if it had not been for the Lamb of God, I would not be here today. Somebody give him praise and worship. I just came to preach on a Wednesday night. Amen. Don't ever lose the reason why you got saved. Don't ever forget the reason why God brought you up out of darkness. The Bible says he brought us out of darkness that we could show forth his marvelous light. What am I doing in church here tonight? I'm just reflecting the goodness of God. Oh, give him praise. Give him praise. I'm reflecting to my lost and dying world that God still saves, that God has been marvelous. Amen. This light that he gave to me, it was not just to get me out of this darkness and this present evil world, but when God gave me this light, it wasn't just bland, amen, flashlights. It wasn't just, amen, a little bit of fluorescent lights. When God gave me this light, the truth of his word, amen, it was a light that, that blinded the sin in my world. It was a light that helped me get out of the mess I was in. Amen. But he didn't just give it to me so that I could be a recipient, but he gave it to me so that I could be a reflection. Somebody needs to get it here tonight. We've been saved to be a reflection of the goodness of the Lord. And he saved them so that they could be worshipers. A worshiper being somebody that that exemplifies the greatness of God. 
Amen. A worshiper who Jesus would say, one that worships in spirit and in truth. God performed ten plagues, as we like to call them. But if you look at it from Israel's standpoint, it actually calls them wonders. Amen. It was wonders to Israel. It might have been a plague to Egypt. What Egypt saw as a turmoil, what Egypt saw as a problem, Israel saw it as their salvation. Amen. What Egypt saw as being something that was going to destroy them. Amen. It was, it was Israel that understood this is what's going to save us. Amen. When you get down in the watery grave of baptism, the devil knows that he has no more authority. He has no more power. Amen. He's shaking in his boots because he knows that the moment they obey the word of God and they get baptized, amen, that, that home is no longer my home. That heart is no longer my home. I don't have authority there. He knows it's his destruction. Amen. But I want to help us here tonight. That very destruction of the devil and of the enemy and of this lost and dying world is the very salvation of those that say yes to God. The destruction was coming. It was a plague. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. All nine of those plagues. I want you to notice something about them. They were all performed by God through the hands of Aaron and Moses. All of those plagues, there was no participation on the side of God's people until you get to the 10th plague. The 10th plague, God is exacting revenge upon Egypt, for it was Egypt that killed all the baby boys of Israel. And God had said over and over again in each one of his wonders, let my people go that they may worship me. Let my people go that they may serve me. Let my people go that they can live for me freely. And one by one, amen, Pharaoh hardened his heart and said, I will not let the people go. And every time he said no, God brought a wonder for Israel. Every time the enemy said no, I'm not letting those people go. God brought another wonder that was a plague on Egypt. And that plague would remind Pharaoh who's really in charge. That plague would remind Pharaoh who's really the Savior and who's really the God of heaven and earth. And there he got these plagues and these reminders of who God really was. And Pharaoh said, no, 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 until you get to the 10th plague. And God said, because you won't let my son go, because you killed my son, I'm going to bring a warning of a plague that's going to kill your firstborn son. He said, Israel is my firstborn son. These are my children. These are my people. I want to help us here tonight. God takes it very personal when anybody messes with his kids. Hey, glory, if you feel like the devil's messing, I want you to know God's about to start blessing. Because God doesn't sit back when his children is getting beaten. Amen. God doesn't sit back and take it lightly. He takes record of every wrong and says, one day I'm going to make that right. Mm -hmm. Praise God for that. And so here it's in that, that tenth wonder, that tenth plague. And he says, it, I'm going to come by, and I'm going to pass over, and I'm going to kill all the firstborn baby boys. Amen. He said, because you did that to my people, I'm going to do that to you. But I want you to know how great and gracious God is. He gave a provision of salvation to everybody. It was not just for the Jews, but it was also a provision for the Egyptians. He said, wheresoever I see the blood of the lamb upon the doorposts and wherever I see the lamb in the house, he said, I'm going to pass over that and death will not come into their home. This promise of salvation was not just to the Jews it was anybody who had enough sense to get the lamb in their house and the blood of the lamb on the doorposts of their house. What am I here to tell you here today? Amen. That salvation is not relegated just to you and I. Salvation is not just something that comes to a select group of people, but it is not God's will that any should perish, but that all. Come 
on somebody, but that all should come to repentance. Amen. That means he wants you and I to come to repentance. That means he wants your neighbors to come to repentance. That means he wants the drug dealer and the prostitute to come to repentance. He wants everybody and anybody that's willing to bring the lamb into their house and the blood of the lamb on their doorpost to be saved. Oh, somebody lift up your hands and let's magnify him. Come on. Oh, come on, that lamb. You got to have the lamb. You got to have the lamb. Let me help you here tonight. We cannot be saved without the Lamb of God. Jesus would be called by John the Baptist, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. He said that this lamb, he said, you're going to bring it into your home on the 10th day of this next month. And he told them, you are to have the lamb in your house for 14 days. This lamb was to be a lamb without spot or blemish or any issues. It was to be a lamb of the first year. I, I, I want us to understand something here tonight, uh, that it took the right kind of lamb to save them. Hey, hallelujah. Paul would say, but though we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, he said, let them be accursed. Don't listen to anybody uh, that blemishes the word of God, that marks things out, that says, I'm going to rip a page out here, cherry pick a verse there. You know, that doesn't really matter. No, you don't need just any old lamb. Huh? You need the right lamb. You need God's lamb. Can I bring it home for us? This might be a little elementary, but you need Jesus Christ and him crucified. What are we celebrating this weekend? We're celebrating the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. You don't need another Jesus. You don't need somebody that tries to act like they're Jesus. You don't need some prophet that comes along. It's not Muhammad. It's not Buddha. It's not Allah. You don't need Confucius or his cousin. What you and I need is we need Jesus Christ. Christ, the one that was born of a virgin, the one that lived above reproach, the one that was tempted of the devil but overcame by the word of God. We need the Lamb of God that came to take away the sins of the world, the one that was crucified on Calvary, the one that was put in a tomb, and the one that three days later got up and had all victory and all power in his hands. We need the right lamb. You've got to have that right, that kind of lamb. Don't, don't settle for a false Christianity. Don't settle for something that is, is just a knockoff of what it really should be. You've got to have the right lamb. You've got to do it according to the word of God. But, but this is what's powerful. He said this lamb, you are to keep it in your house for 14 days. You've got to hold on to the lamb. You've got to take care of the lamb. And, and, and this is a beautiful representation of somebody that comes to God and they let Jesus come into their home. And let Jesus come into their life. The Bible says it this way, a lamb for a house. Hallelujah. You, you, you got to understand me here tonight. We're going to talk about sharing the lamb. Huh? Amen. But it is, it, is, it is our personal responsibility, huh? amen, to do everything we can huh? to get the lamb into our life, huh? to get the lamb into our house, huh? to get the lamb into our family. Huh? Amen. One of the commandments was not just take the blood and put it over the doorpost, huh? but you got to bring, you got to welcome the lamb into your life. Huh? I can only imagine what happened in those moments moments. It was this lamb that, that smelled like the field, this lamb that did not smell like the home. I'm sure it disrupted their household. I'm sure it disrupted the way they lived. I'm sure the lamb, as they knew the lamb was there and this was going to be what was going to save them. It disrupted family conversations or if I could bring it down to where some of us live, maybe family arguments because we can't talk like that with the lamb in the house. We can't live like that with the lamb in the house. We can't have leaven in the house that the lamb's in. We can't have worldliness in the house that the lamb's in. I can't be entertained by that. Can I help you? It's not enough just to get the blood over your life and say God's going to forgive it all so I can continue in sin. No, you got to say, Jesus, I want you to feel comfortable in my house. Somebody give him a hand clap of praise here tonight. Come on, let's give him praise. I came to ask you a question. 
If the Lamb of God were to come into your home tonight, uh, would the Lamb feel comfortable? If the Lamb would come into your house tonight, uh, would the Lamb be a nuisance uh, or would he be your salvation? Uh, if the Lamb showed up into your family, uh, would the Lamb be welcome or would he be exiled? Uh, if the Lamb showed up, would he be satisfied and okay with the lifestyle that you're living? Uh, the Passover is not just about blood over the doorpost. Uh, it's about saying I got something in my home uh, that's worth everything you know how many people have kicked the lamb out of their house because it stinks oh hallelujah I, I got some folks here that have farm animals and have had farm animals. There's some folks that have owned lambs, amen, or own lambs. I, I, I'm sure that, that sometimes it gets messy having the lamb in your house. But you aren't allowed to keep the lamb in the garage. Oh, hallelujah. You're not allowed to keep the lamb somewhere else. you got to keep the lamb in your house. The lambs, you got to see this. I want you to understand what's happening because there's coming a day where because of their sin, because of where they are, they're going to have to be the ones to sacrifice the lamb. And it can't just be some lamb they're not associated with. They've got to know it's the lamb that's been in my house. And here they are. They raise the lamb. They feed the lamb. They take care of the lamb. I wonder here tonight how many people had the lamb in their house, but the lamb starved to death. I wonder how many people here tonight have had the lamb come in their house, but he got disgusted by what was there, and he had to go somewhere else. I want to tell you today, there is nothing that is worth losing the lamb. Oh, oh come on, somebody lift up your hands, and let's magnify Jesus. Come on, let's pray for just a moment. There is nothing worth losing the lamb over. There is nothing worth saying, lamb, you can go. Jesus, you can go. But I'm going to keep all this other mess. No, I've got I've to have a lamb for my house. This lamb had to be in that house for 14 days. But I want to I bring up a point here. These were slaves. These were not wealthy people. They had just come through nine other plagues that had obliterated the cattle of Egypt. Not the cattle of the Israelites, but the Israelites being slaves did not really own cattle. It was all owned by Egypt. And so there was, as it were, there was, there was, there was a select amount of these perfect lambs and, 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 and I can only imagine that there were parents and there were families that said oh my goodness we've got to get the lamb into our house if we don't get the lamb into our house all the plagues that were on Egypt are going to fall on us and, and what he spoke it's already come to pass and it's going to come to pass in our lives and so one by one they started taking all the lambs of the firstborn and, and they brought them into their house and they started taking care of them because they knew the lamb uh, was now the most valuable thing in Egypt. You can have all the silver and gold, but give me the lamb. You can have all this world, but give me the lamb. I'm preaching right now to somebody, whatever it is that you think is more valuable than Jesus, you got the wrong value system because it's only Jesus that is able to save. It is only Jesus that is able to deliver. It is only Jesus that's able to heal. I don't want to give up the lamb for... Mm, I feel him. Somebody clap your hands and magnify Jesus. I've got to value the lamb. So they take the lamb and they, 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 they acquire it. But now we've got, we've got this other side. Some people can't afford a lamb. So I have no doubt there were some folks that started begging, borrowing, and stealing. That's Old Testament for you. That's Jacob saying, if I'm going to be blessed, I've got to steal it. Amen. It's the only way I'm going to get the lamb. I thank God that's not how it is in this current, amen, generation. I thank God for the Lamb of God that takes away the sin, not just of one house, but he can take away the sin of the whole world. I, I thank God that Jesus is not limited. Hallelujah. What you're seeing is the Old Testament limitations. Amen. The limitations of the Lamb that the Lamb is an individual for the house and it can only save the house and only the houses that had the Lamb were able to be saved. But I've got good news here tonight that every house in the entire world, Jesus is big enough for every single one. 
And so what would happen is now you've got people that are fighting over the lamb. You've got people that are taking the lamb, stealing it from their neighbor. But, but then you come to this other position where now there are households that maybe they only have, amen, just three people. Maybe it's a mother, a father, and a child. But, but they've got an overabundance of the lamb. And this is where God is instituting the Passover. And we'll find this later in the New Testament, what Jesus is really meaning when he says, as often as you take communion, you do this in remembrance of me. What was the first communion? The first communion was where they took the bread, they broke it, and they shared it one with another. It's not just about bread and wine. It's not just about, amen, a lamb that is sacrificed. But there is another part to this Passover. There's another part to this story, and it is sharing with somebody else because they don't have enough, amen, in their house. It is saying, I've got more than enough Jesus. I can share it with somebody else. I've got more than enough lamb. I can share it with my neighbor. I've got more than enough lamb that I might as well give it to somebody that doesn't have enough. Oh, somebody lift up your hands and let's pray for a moment. Come on, let's pray for just a moment. There's some folks that have lived with a lamb for 14 days. They've got a lot of lamb in their life. they got a lot of lamb. Well, I lived for God X amount of years. That's great. you got a lot of lamb in your life. But the question now comes, will you share the lamb with somebody else? you got a lot of lamb in your house. you got a lot of lamb. He's moved to every area of your life. But now the question is, are you willing to take it and share it with somebody else? Oh, let's pray for just a few more moments. Oh, come on, let's pray for just a few more moments. There's now in the Old Testament a shortage of the lamb. Imagine that, a shortage of salvation. That's the Old Testament for you. We are not under the Old Testament anymore. Thanks be to God for his unspeakable gift. Hallelujah. There's now no longer a limitation of the lamb. He's not relegated just to one home, but he can spread into neighborhoods. Hallelujah. He can spread into cities. He can spread into states. He can spread into continents. Amen. The lamb is not limited anymore. But here we see that in this moment, they, they, they've now got some that got a lamb and others that don't. But I've got to bring up another point here. There were many Egyptians in that day that had seen plague after plague that it did not affect the children of Israel, but it affected them. And maybe they didn't move because of their cattle because their money wasn't that important to them. And maybe they weren't moving by God's spirit because hey, they didn't really care about the annoyance of frogs or lice or flies. But when it came down to losing their children and losing their future and losing the only hope they had, uh, amen, I have no doubt there were some Egyptians uh, that heard the word of God through the mouth of Moses uh, that said, if you don't get the lamb into your house, uh, if you don't get the lamb, into your life, if you don't get the blood of the lamb over the doorposts of your family's house, you're not going to make it. I have no doubt there were some people in Egypt that were not Jewish, that did not have a walk with God, that others would say, no, they can't be saved. Look at what they've done. Look at who they're related to. But I want to help somebody. The lamb has no limitations. If you want the lamb in your life, you can... If you want the Lamb of God in your life, you can have the Lamb of God in your life. Well, preacher, you don't know what family I came from. You can have the Lamb of God. Well, you don't know where I've been and what I've been through. You can be saved here today. God will fill you with the Holy Ghost. God will baptize you in his name. Well, you just don't know. It's all right. The Lamb does not know nationality. The Lamb does not know language. The Lamb does not have any barriers. The Lamb of God. God takes away the sin of the entire world. Somebody clap your hands and give him praise here tonight. I have no doubt there were some neighbors of the Israelites that heard the rustle. And they saw this weird behavior. Imagine this for a moment. All of a sudden the lamb comes in to live in the house. From the field to the house. From no longer being important to being the most important. 
What's going to happen when your coworkers see that Jesus is no longer optional? Oh, I feel him. What's going to happen when they see the lamb take precedence in your life? I want to help somebody here tonight. Amen. There's, there's, there's a lot of folks that like to share their opinion on Facebook, but, but people don't need your opinion. Hallelujah. There's folks that want to share their politics, but people don't need you to share your politics. People don't need you to share about the donkey or the elephant. What people really need in the 21st century is for the church of the living God to start sharing the lamb. Oh, hallelujah. Conservative or liberal, don't care, don't give a rip. What they need to hear is they need to hear about the Lamb of God that will take away the sin of the world. I'm not here to be controversial. That's not what I was called to do. I was called to share the Lamb with my lost and dying world. I didn't come to condemn the world and tell them how they're not going to make it and how they're lost and dysfunctional. I came to go and knock on my neighbor's door and say, you gotta come and get a hold of the lamb. Oh, somebody lift up your hands, so let's pray. Come on, God's calling his church back to its basics, back to its roots. I did not get saved, and you did not get saved. We did not get saved so that we could become critics of a lost world, but we became the arbiters of the Lamb. We became the distributors and the dealers of the Lamb. We became the ones that are here to share the Lamb. Somebody pray in the house of God. Come on, let's pray for just a moment. Let's pray in the name of Jesus. Come on, let's pray. God, you can bring all, bring, bring all, your, all your people, God. I don't care if they got mistakes. I don't care if they got messed ups. It doesn't matter what, what kind of dysfunctions they got. Devil, we'll take the worst you got, and we'll watch God. We'll watch the Lamb of God transform their life. They can come from the mistakes. They can come from the backgrounds of iniquity. They can come from broken homes. But Jesus, we're going to share the Lamb with them, and they're going to be saved. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost in this house. I have a burden here tonight. I'm not passionate about golf. I'm not passionate about hunting. If you are, great. There's one thing I'm passionate about. Lost souls. If there's one thing that drives Evan Hood, it's the fact that I know there's a world that is lost. Mm. If there's one thing that wakes me up in the morning, it's knowing that my neighbor is probably not going to make it unless I share Jesus Christ with them. Amen. If it means I've got to, I've got to take her packages over to her and let her know they delivered it to the wrong door again. If it means I've got to watch her dog or her bangle cat, I don't really care what it takes. I've got a neighbor that doesn't have the lamb. Church, uh, we've got a lot of passion, but one thing we need revival of is compassion. Uh, amen. I know there's a world that's messed up, uh, and we could be critical, and we could say, well, look at what they are. Look at how messed up they are. Look at how they think. Uh, amen. Look at, look at how dysfunctional they are. Uh, that's what sin does, church. Uh, that's what the world does. Uh, amen. People are on drugs because they're trying to cope with our world. Uh, people are suicidal because they don't want to live in this kind of world. Uh, but if we could share the Lamb of God with them, if we could tell them about the Lamb, that can take away the sin of the world, the lamb that can take away depression, a lamb that can set their family free. What would happen across this city? What would happen if we shared the lamb? They had to get the lamb to the neighbor. They had to get the lamb to the Egyptian. They had to get the lamb, I have no doubt, before they spoiled the Egyptians because they did door knock. Hallelujah. And this year, I know last year messed us up, but we're getting back to it in Jesus' name. I think it's important that we do everything we can. I don't care if it's a mass evangelism where all we're doing is hanging some flyers or knocking doors. we got to go share the lamb with somebody. Or it could be you got a co-worker that's going through a divorce, and you begin to tell them, hey, I know a God that can put your life back together. Amen. Maybe you're going to get divorced and there's nothing we can do about it. But let me tell you about a God that can restore those that are busted and broken. What would happen if we share the lamb? I read an article the other day and I've seen it over and over again. Our world's going crazy. Everybody focus on blood sneakers. If you don't know what that is, Google it later. Some Satanist 
came up with some human blood sneakers. I'm not worried about that. It's no big deal. The devil's the devil. He's always been the devil. But what really bothered me is the next article I read. The church membership in the United States of America for the first time in its history is about or below 50%. And that's people that are secular Christians. Oh, man. This is not a season to skip church. Don't be a statistic. For the first time in the United States history, people are saying, I don't belong to church and I don't go to church. Now, they didn't show up before, but now they're admitting, I don't belong to a church and I don't go to church. I don't see that so much as, as being a problem. I see that as an opportunity. You know what I just read in an article? 50% of Americans say, I don't have the lamb in my house. Uh, I, I went around the south, and you know what everybody told me? They told me, oh, no, everybody thinks they're saved. Everybody goes to church until I found a young man in Texas that had been living down the road from the church his entire life and said, I've never heard about the gospel of Jesus Christ. It might have been true in the 50s or the 60s, but I got news for us here tonight. They don't know who the Lamb of God is. They might think they know who the Lamb of God is. They think the Lamb of God is religion. They think the Lamb of God is judgmental. They think the Lamb of God, but oh, if the church of the living God would tell somebody about the real Lamb of God, this Lamb will forgive you. This Lamb will heal you. This Lamb will set your family free. I'm concerned because I'm watching 2020, as Brother Buxton said, is just revealing where people are really at. The lamb was never a priority for them. And if the lamb's not a priority for you, if the lamb gets kicked out of your house, you will not share the lamb. But you know who shares the lamb? If the house be too little for the lamb. If you got more lamb and overflow, we're talking about the overflow this year. If you got an overflow of the Lamb of God, if you got an overflow of the love of God, if you got, this is why we can't live depleted. This is why we can't live empty. This is why we can't live, amen, just half alive. We can't live, amen, half full of Jesus and half full of the world. We need to be so full of Jesus, amen, that when somebody comes by, we got enough lamb for you, for your cousin, for your neighbor. We. Church, it's not time to come depleted to the house of God. It's time to come prayed up, anointed as we preach about, full of the Holy Ghost, full of favor, full of joy, overflowing because God's bringing all sorts of people into the church. And I want them to know there's a house here in Carson City where we got enough lamb for everybody. Oh, somebody clap your hands and let's stand across the building. Come on, let's pray. Come on, let's pray for just a moment. Come on, let's pray for just a moment. 50% of my city at minimum does not know about the Lamb of God. At minimum, 50% of my city does not have the Lamb of God in their house. Amen. And that, that's, that's taking their numbers. I know it's much higher than that. Eight souls were saved by water in Noah's day. Amen. When I think about my world, they don't have the Lamb, but i got enough. I know we like to talk about it. We preach about it all the time. The ten virgins, five had, had, had their, their lamps half empty. And the other ones were filled up. We preach about it. How dare the five have their lamps half empty. I think that's true. We should talk about that. But it's even sadder to me that there were five that were full but had nothing to share. How much good church have we had through the years? How good has Jesus really been since the Lamb came into your house? How many blessings has he brought? How much favor has he, has he given? How much favor have we acquired from heaven? Amen. So much so that we have an overflowing cup, and yet there is a world out there that does not have the Lamb. I'm not here to condemn anybody 
I believe with the right information, you can inspire people. What I'm saying here tonight is we have an opportunity to share the lamb. I walk up and down the city, and I do a prayer walk. It's warmer now, so I can do it more often. But I walk by, and I think of a parable Jesus told. I'm just talking to us here tonight. He said that the sower went forth to sow, and some seeds fell on wayside, stony ground. Some fell on good ground, so on and so forth. He spoke of four soil conditions. The benefit of this is that all soils can be good soil. They just need to be cultivated, right? You just need to plow it up. You need to fix it up. You need to pull some weeds, okay? Thorns and thistles got to go. But what we're seeing also is math. We're seeing percentages, one-fourth. One-fourth was good ground. Now, I'm not saying that there's actually only one out of four people that are good ground. Do you know how many people would go by and just put their seed on the good ground? Just, just people with a 401k? Just, you, know what our, you know what our religious world, I read another article in, that they're doing an interfaith service at the Mormon church with a bunch of churches in Carson City. I think that's a joke, but that's another story for another time. Because they're no different. False doctrines, false doctrine. Hallelujah. Do you know what they're really saying? I've talked to so many of them. I've met pastors across the city. I remember a story. My pastor went to a Red Robin. There was a guy there that was the assistant pastor of one of the biggest churches in Spokane. And he said this. He said, oh, our pastor got up on Sunday and said, we're just looking for the middle class, ones that own homes. That's what our church is geared to reach. My pastor pulled out a church card and said, you give this to your pastor, and you tell him anybody he doesn't want, sent I walked up and down some of these apartment complexes that we're going to be hanging some door hangers, knocking doors. I pray across the city as much as I can. I said, God, there's all sorts of religions out there in our city. They just want the good ground. They just want the people that have it all together. But that means they get 25% of my city. At best, they get one-fourth of Carson City. And I said, God, I got enough lamb. I got enough of Jesus. You've been too good to me. Give me the worst of my city. Give me the ones that have been through too many hard things that it seems like it's impossible to grow. Give me the people that the devil plucks up. Give me the people that have been wrecked and ruined. Give me 75% of Carson City. I've got enough lamb for everybody. God, it might take a little more work. I feel Jesus in this house, church. It might take a little bit more work. They might come in with all sorts of problems. Jesus, give me your worst, and I will do my best. Give me your broken families, and I'll do my best to put them back together. Give me the hurting, and I'll do my best to put the bomb of Gilead. Give me the people that are in chaos, and I'll try to bring the word of God to them until chaos becomes order. That's my prayer. The church... I know there's a lot of people here tonight. You got more lamb than you know what to do with. God's been too good. You got more than you know what to do with. What would just sharing a little bit hurt you? Final, final testimony and story, I'm done. Jesus tells another parable of a rich man and a poor man by the name of Lazarus. The Bible says that the rich man ate sumptuously. He had a buffet. But the poor man, named Lazarus, sat at the gates while the dogs licked at his wounds, just begging for a crumb, a little piece of the morsel, a little crumb from the church, a little bit of lamb, just a little bit to satiate his hunger. You know what burdens me, church? 
We feast so much, we throw away things we don't like. But there's people. They're tired of the drugs. Tired of the late nights, the parties, one night stands. They're just saying, if you would just give me a crumb, I might be able to make it through the day. Church, I don't want to lock the, our gates. I don't want to lock the gates of heaven for a world that's just looking for crumbs. I don't want to keep my feast inside my kitchen. I want to take my feast out to a lost and dying world and say, I've got enough lamb and despair. Would you pray all across this building? I'm done here tonight. I don't want to give the world crumbs while I eat decadent meals Sunday after Sunday, Wednesday after Wednesday. Chew it up, spit out the bones, throw away what I don't like, I don't appreciate. I don't ever want to get to the place where I become a picky eater when I know there's a world out there that would do anything just to have a little bit of Jesus. I don't ever want to taste and see the Lord's eat good and say, I don't really like that that much. But Jesus, I've got more than enough and to spare. I'm burdened here tonight. I'm burdened here tonight, not because we don't have the lamb. I'm looking at people that are great Christians. They have a lot of lamb in their life. You walk in their home, you can smell the lamb. You can feel the lamb. But what about your neighbor? We want to send missionaries across the world, Brother Johnson. But what if we went across the street? I got some Asian neighbors, man. And I know they don't have the lamb. God save them. But they're not going to get saved. You know what we want? Knock on my door if you're hungry. This is the only plague or miracle that took their participation. Get the lamb in your house. First things first, you've got to be saved. Then you've got to sacrifice the lamb and put the blood over the doorpost of your house. But let me help you here today. We are not disciples until we have discipled somebody else. I've been saved for 40 years. No, no. You've not been saved until you've discipled somebody else. Until you have duplicated what God has done in your life, that's when you can say, I'm a disciple of Jesus. That is the biblical definition of disciple. Because when they got done making the lamb and roasting the lamb with fire and putting the blood over the doorposts, if they had too much lamb, you know what happened to the lamb that they had left over? No leftover lambs. They burned it with fire. Elder Worley, when this trumpet sounds... And Jesus parts the clouds. And we meet him in the air. No lamb left. But I got time right now. I got breath in my body right now to share the lamb. The Bible says if our gospel be hid, it's not hid to us. It's hid to those that are lost. I want to open up this altar. Would you come and pray here tonight? This is not an admission of guilt nor of condemnation. This is an opportunity to say, God, you've been so good to me. Lord, you've been so good to me. You have blessed me beyond measure. I have more, I have more lamb than I have time to talk about. I've got more testimonies of the goodness of the Lord in my life. Lord, would you give me the courage to go find my Egyptian neighbor. They might tell me no. They might say no. I don't, I don't want Jesus. That's all right. Slam the door in my face. But at least I can say I tried. Come on, somebody pray in this house. We're going to have a prayer meeting here tonight. God, I know there's people that I have been, you have been talking to me about. 
spirit-led evangelism. You've been telling me to share with them the good things of God and to talk with them about you. Not even to open up scriptures and start quoting things, but just talk to them about the love of God. But I've been intimidated and I've been afraid. But tonight, Jesus, I want you to overflow me with the Lamb. Where I've got so much in my life that I can't help but tell everybody. Come on, that's it. We're celebrating Easter this weekend, the resurrection. Uh, but go tell somebody he's risen. Go tell somebody there's life after death. Go tell somebody there's an eternity. Go tell somebody there's a Lamb of God that loves them. Your blood speaks a better word than all the empty claims I've heard upon this earth. Speaks righteousness for me stands in my defense Jesus it's your blood your blood speaks a better word than all the empty claims I've heard upon this earth speaks righteousness for me stands in my defense Jesus, it's your blood. What can wash away our sins? What can make us whole again? Nothing but the blood, nothing but the blood of what can wash us pure as snow welcomed as the friends of god nothing but the blood nothing but the blood of jesus a better word than all the empty claims I've heard upon this earth speaks righteousness for me stands in my defense Jesus is come on church let's pray for a few more moments come on let's pray in the name of Jesus what can wash we're gonna tell him building let's pray come on the Holy Ghost is here the Lamb of God is in this house the Lamb of God is in this house He's been too good to me. 
can't tell it all. I want to share the lamb. We've had to do things a lot differently over the last year. It's hard to believe it's been a full year. And I think it was understandable for the season. Paul talked about the present distress. but we're past the present distress. Because I think there's a greater pandemic and it's that people don't have the Lamb. People don't have Jesus. And I know, I know, I know. When you talk about evangelism, you talk about soul winning, people only think about knocking doors and all the introverts get nervous. Evangelism is much more than that. In fact, some of the best soul winners I know are introverts. You know why? They get so close to a few people, they just love on those few people. They didn't have to share the lamb with somebody who was 50 states away. Just had to get to somebody close to them. Share the lamb. We're launching it this Saturday. We're going to get back to evangelism. But we're going to do it in a way where everybody can be a participant. That's why in preparation, before COVID hit, I got door hangers. If you like talking to people, knock on the door. Let them answer. Tell them about Jesus. Invite them to church personally. If you want to be an apostolic ninja, I don't know why we think that the only way to evangelize is to knock on the door and talk to somebody. You know what? Sometimes it's it comes down to spiritual marketing. We're just letting people know we exist. You'd be shocked how many people will respond. But if there's one thing we could all do, talk to somebody we know already comfortable with them. You already know them. They already know you go to church. Well, at least I hope they do. If not, we need to talk about the priority of the Lamb again. They already know that you're a Christian. They already know you go to church. In fact, you're the person they go to when they need prayer. Well, they probably have their church. No! One out of every two people don't in America right now. You could, you can't get better odds in Vegas. Just ask them. And the worst they could say is, no. It's one of people's greatest fears being told no. Okay, ready? No. I just told everybody no. All right, we're past the fear. Let's move on and tell somebody. Just tell somebody. Tell everybody. Just I was teaching Brother Andre a Bible study, and we talk about some practical things every Christian needs to do. And I listed on there, Brother Andre, tell me, tell me if I'm lying. One thing every Christian needs to do, tell somebody about Jesus. Well, Pastor, I don't know much about the Bible. I just started Bible studies. I, I said, well, is God working in your life? Yes. Well, just tell them God's working in your life. You don't have to be like, well, I'm an apostle Paul. No, Jesus is good. If all you know is Jesus is good, God loves you, it's enough. What am I saying? You might have about this much lamb, but you can share it. Let's lift up our hands and let's pray one more time. Father, we love you. We thank you today. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your church, God. I pray that this tonight would inspire and encourage somebody just to step out of their comfort zone or maybe even to step in their comfort zone and just 
tell somebody about the good things of God. Just tell them, God's been good to me. God loves me. God forgave me. And God can do the same for you, Jesus. I pray that this Sunday service, I pray that we pack this building out. I'll give up every chair. We'll pull chairs from somewhere. But God, would you bring them to the house of the Lord? We're going to go out and compel them to come. But Jesus, we're praying that you go with us. In Jesus' name, I would encourage you. You know, how many here takes vitamins? All right, I'm the only one. Okay, great, great. You ever heard of one a day? Take seven church cards with you when you leave. There's a whole stack. I've got a whole box back here. One a day. How many goes through Starbucks? Don't lie. Okay, Dutch Bros. All right, Chick-fil-A. They got Sunday off. One a day. I'd like to invite you to come experience Jesus. Amen. Love you. I appreciate this church and their zeal. We are Apostolic Revival Center. Shake hands. Be friendly. Love one another. Make sure you take your one of days with you. In Jesus' name, God bless you.